It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on Big Lizzie Part One. So Thin Lizzy, everyone must be wondering why are we talking about this band, Tony? Because there are only probably a few people in the world who don't know who Thin Lizzy is. So, you know, why are we jumping in, not only on this band, but we're going to probably have a three-parter and uh, on this great uh, Irish band? I think because I I don't... I Well, I think there's a core group of people that that are aware and and embrace their genius but i i think beyond this core group i think people just know them at for you know boys are back in town and maybe they know that metallica covered whiskey in a jar you know yeah but 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 i i i think there's not i don't i don't think there's enough love for these guys i i think there needs to be more love and also I think we need to talk about their sort of, um, you know, they're sort of because the reason why we're doing three of these is because in some ways, maybe I think there was three sort of phases of the band. And I think it's worth kind of getting into the subtleties of that, you know, like, I mean, what what we're doing today yeah. is we're talking about the early phase right. of, uh, of them when it was like, they, they, I believe they were a three piece, right? So it's yeah. Eric Bell. Uh, Phil Linnett and Brian, Brian Robson, the, dr the drummer. Brian, so, Brian Downey. Brian Downey, sorry, sorry, Brian Downey. So it's like, you know, it's, I don't know. I, well, and then the box, this box set of all the unreleased stuff came out recently. And and I just, I just, it just feels right. I so, don't know. So first of all, no one needs to get that box set unless you already know everything about the band because we're going to give you three different, we're going to get the playlist that we have made for you is phenomenal but it's also stout as most uh, auto release auto reverse auto release auto reverse <laughs> we haven't done an episode in a while so it's no, like we have in about a month yeah <laughs> so it's been, been awesome month. so i had yeah. to remind, i had to write down here you're doing auto reverse right now matt um but <laughs> you know not a subtle thing is like we just fucking love thin lizzie and we yeah and i think they're probably hasn't gone a month or at least a couple months before we don't talk about something about Thin Lizzy on our texts or something. And it's such a, and look, I'm coming from a place that I love this band, but like through jumping into this again, really learned and came to appreciate a lot of things. So, um, you know, from the beginning, you know, they were a band that started in 69. Uh, uh, before that, uh, they were in this band called the Orphanage, I think it was, right? I think so, yeah. It was Orphanage, and then they went to Skid Row, which was basically a band with Phil in it uh, on guitar, not bass. On mm -hmm. guitar was also Gary Moore. And then, That's uh, right. And they were really good, but he got, believe it or not, this Thin Lizzy probably would not have come if he didn't come, Phil in it didn't have it coming down with a case of tonsillitis and got promptly booted. From the band um and then he got together he and downey got together 
Eric Bell, he, saw, he was actually in a lot of really important bands around uh, Ireland, or Dublin rather. And um, they, you know, Brian Downey, it was one of the jokes that I read about was that he didn't want Eric Bell in the band. He's like, no, nah, this guy's not gonna be a good fit. And it was something that they joke about is like, yeah, this is the guy they want me in the band. But they got together and, you know, basically the, what I read was like, Phil gave him like a tapes and tapes of his songs and they were just like sitting there like slack jawed because this guy came off like a badass, but his he had pure poetry in his lyrics and in and also could write a good melody and put a good song together so there was a lot for the band uh, for a jumping off point like they had these heap of of music that phil in put together that they could just jump off of and start recording and they got fairly quickly signed to decca right i believe so yeah i think those first three records came out on yeah. decca and you know so the, it's uh Let's just let people know it's uh, self-titled. Yep. Uh, Shades of a Blue uh, Orphanage, a, a Blue Orphanage, and Vagabonds of the Western World. So what they, yeah, and so they got together in '69 and basically played around all Ireland and played London as well, and to get their contract because they didn't put out the first self-titled album until '71. And look, man. It's not so. This is where you got to have to take the bigger, bigger idea of a band, an evolution of a band, because they. This sounds kind of psych rocky. Would you agree with that, or is it a little more? I think. I think. I think definitely self-titled and shades come off as more psych, psych rock, kind of like what you how UFO sounded way different early on. Their first two albums were like sort of an. I wouldn't say an anomaly, but just like a different, a different kind of sound. And then they, you know, just change, they just turned into this other singular thing. Um, and I think then Lizzie did something similar to me. Vagabonds of the Western world is where you see, is where you really see the change. Like that's right. That's sort of like a, um, a sign of things to come. And, and also sort of like, informs the next phase phase two with um with uh robertson Gorham and, and robertson yeah so i you know and that's cool man there's still lots of good stuff in those first three records well, especially vagabonds to, right. to, to kind of get you you know to get you interested and in going well i think that also it's like you can even in the first two albums what's interesting to pay attention to is just his his lyrics and his writing uh, we're really kind of kind of coming to a new place and where it kind of peaks and like you were saying in Vagabonds is that song Little Girl in Bloom which is oh god even in like if you were to give me say pick 10 Thin Lizzy albums that you could only listen to for the rest of your life that would be one of them it is mm -hmm. such a perfectly constructed song lyrically songwriting wise um, I mean, it's just such a beautiful song. It's how it plays with. It's such a, a you know, for that time of '73. It's I don't think there's, you know, it, it's a song that would place itself well in the '90s because it has that kind of like layers. Yeah, like sound, like Soundgarden, yeah, right? Like yeah. that kind of moody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Black, dude, like that's a what's yeah. Great. That's why we're talking about these guys. Thin Lizzy. In some way, in some ways, invented heavy metal and 
and punk yeah. rock. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Grunge, to say that yeah. is a little bit, yeah. a, a little bit, I'm overstating it, but it's just kind of like they were like, they were, there were so many blueprints that in front of them, uh, you know, and, and then, like, and then the whole, like you mentioned Little Girl in Bloom, it's just such a great uh, song to use to, to direct this conversation. Uh, that, that romant, romantic, yeah, that romance that, I mean, it doesn't. It, I, I don't know how long I've been listening to this band and 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 obsessing on Phil, and it never, it never fucking gets old, man. That that romantic sort of influence and in his lyrics, and then and how it informs the music and the moodiness of it. It's just it, there are very few bands that like get that, that get it, that get it right. You see the ball go from bad to wicked. Has a Well, here's the thing that in a lot of his lyrics, especially when you listen to it, especially the early stuff, there are people who can tap into an emotional chord when they're writing their lyrics. Then there are people who can go deeper. And, you know, you could say soulful, but that's more, to me, is more in delivery. But there's some soulfulness that are, that he goes beyond like an emotional level, I believe. It just seems like it goes to this deeper place to where you're getting to more naked truths, you know, emotional truths. More vulnerable. More vulnerable, that's probably that's a better way. Th that's the thing about him, it's that vulnerability. Yeah. Like he's tough, he's, he's talking about being a rocker, he's talking about, you know, the boys fighting in a bar. Yeah. And even with all that, yeah. The vulnerability is there. Yeah, he's, it's there and it's like he's not hiding it. Yeah, and it's perfect. You're right. And it's like it's not he's not, you know, wearing a cardigan on the back of a Vespa. He's wearing the leather pants. It's it's like it's something that done with some degree of sincerity, but also but it's like this is how he's this is being something that is strongly felt. And it's unapologetic and he's not looking for He's expressing it in a way that he's telling you he's not wanting you to kind of circle around him for a group hug. It's like this is a you know cathartic um, you know exercise for him, which you know, and I think that that's one of the things that I kind of overlooked initially about his lyric writing because if you if you learn about Thin Lizzy through Jailbreak and the live album and uh, Black Rose, then you're just like. In Black Rose, there's some of it comes across a little bit, but it's like jailbait, jailbreak, not as much unless you listen to the lyrics um, a little bit more carefully. Because the once Robertson and Gorham got in the band, it kind of hid a lot of the the uh, not the preciousness of it, but just like some of that emotional vulnerability. It was held with some rocking 
It was more muscular. It was muscular perfect. Exactly right. And you know it's and you know it's funny though. Um, you know, I don't think his growth could have gotten any other way without like Eric Bell and having that power trio because his playing is perfect for shaping those the songs that they had initially. Um, and he's a he's a, a a really really fascinating guitar player because it's not he's not, it's not flash and dash. His phrasings are very much more sparse. He's not doing these runs of any kind, you know. Uh, but his the way that his he puts things together, like like I said, it's kind of more psych rocky. Um, it's like less less is more approach. They're not the twin leads have not had not been introduced yet, and and also, dude, all this shit like makes sense because. It's like start like if you're gonna like you talked about if you're gonna go listen to Black Rose first or Fighting or whatever which I that I and I, I that happened to me where I listen I was obsessed with the uh, Gorham Robertson uh, lineup of Fighting and uh, what's the other one um, um, Jail Jailbreak Bad uh, Bad Reputation I mean Bad Reputation sorry Bad Reputation I like those were the records I like I clung on to first but. But that's like starting a story in the middle or at the end. Well, you're not getting the complete picture, and like, and this is why, and this is why we're doing three parts because we want to give the complete picture of well, Huffed and Lizzie. But and, yeah, and, and yeah, and we were, and we were, yeah, we were like what four or five years old when you know, like Vagabonds came out. But I'm curious to know though, when did you? kind of start learning about go all the way back to the pre like the eric bell years and listen to those albums because if you know i listened to them when i was in my eight when i was like 18 or 20 and i i was so jack you know i was so into the meat and potatoes of jailbreak that i was just like well who, what is this and I didn't have yeah. that patience yeah. for it. it is probably the best way of putting it or maturity if you want to be not you know negative about it i think for, for me it's like you probably and we probably share this in common i think my first exposure was the you know the hits uh boys yeah. are back in town uh that sort of thing um and then and i and i always thought that shit was hard right jailbreak i always like i always acknowledged even in my you know undeveloped music brain of of a preteen i knew that shit was hard and good but i didn't i i don't know i didn't have the patience to to seek out more so it wasn't until i was running tp records and getting and immersing myself in psych rock hard rock proto metal like it wasn't until i started to do that where i started to you know go back and listen to it started with the like i said the robert uh the gorham robertson records and then and, and getting obsessed with those records and then sort of working my way back to vagabonds uh, to um shades of a blue orphanage and then and just realizing just how how great they were and like you said like the 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 evolution of the band and and then deciding, even in that time, it being exposed to so much of hard rock and psych and stuff, like, and deciding right then and there, like, this band 
this may be my favorite band yeah. of, of all of this, right? And yeah. and that was it. And and then and I and I and I hold back and, and to this day and even while we were doing the playlist, um, the Thin Lizzy playlist and writing notes and stuff for this for this episode, I like to still hold back. Yeah. Like I won't listen <laughs> to fighting for like a year. I won't listen to Little Girl in Bloom uh, and Vagabonds for I won't listen to it. Like I, I hadn't actually listened to the album for a couple of years. And then recently when we were preparing to do this, I went back, I put, I downloaded it on my phone. And every time I took the dog out for a long walk, I would listen <laughs> to it. And, and you just, and it's like things are revealed. Well, even though you thought you loved the album, it's like it, 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 more things are revealed and like how they recorded and some of the subtleties of his turns of phrases. You were talking about, um, Bob Dylan before we, we started recording this today uh, you know there are very few people like Bob who could string three four words together in such a way that it just like it just like you shake your head you're like how the fuck did he do that right. and it's so poetic it's so beautiful F Phil has that similar talent of stringing together things that if you said it yourself like if you if you if you, you know, read <laughs> Phil Lennon lyrics out loud to your daughters yeah. or to whoever, it would be like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Right. Yeah. But, but something about him and like and, and and like Bob, there's something about the tone, the the feeling, the the delivery, the, the it's just it just it it breaks your heart, man. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and the fact and, let, and let's get into this, too, man. He's Irish. Well, that's he's what, black. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, and it's like, it just, it is like literally the most romantic thing ever. Well, that's, you know, it, yeah, it, it's crazy. Well, you know, that's a great point is, is that, you know, the, the push pull relationship he had with Ireland and you know, being black, which wasn't, you know, the stories that he would tell about it, you know, things that he had to grow up with. Uh, you know, that is, you know, even if you were white, you had to, it wasn't easy growing up in Ireland, but you know, this guy, most of his songs, it's like he worked for the, you know, the, 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 the tourist board for Ireland, you know, he would sing these, paint these pictures that would make you want to go there. And, you know, you know, these kind of wistful looks back at his life, you know, um, and, uh, I, I think that there was a passion for, you know, just, you know, whatever his, he was very good, like opening up his, you know, his life and putting it into a song. Like you said, you're just like, ah, what is this guy? All right. But like writing a song about his mom, you know, Philomena and, and writing stuff um, that just go, geez, I'm trying to think of the song off of Shades of Blue. Um, uh, uh, the black boys on the corner. Maybe that was on the first. Oh album. yeah, yeah. But it was that's like on, that's on Blue Orphanage. Yeah, that's on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just like this guy talks about his life, but he talks about his land like it's something that he is not proud of, but fiercely proud of. Like something that no, I want to tell you about this, and I want you to understand it. This was while this is something that ha gave me a lot of ups and downs. This is a place that I, I have kind of un, you know, he just he just unfiltered pride for, 
that he would he would put unabashedly in, in almost every album, um, because like when I first turned into to Thin Lizzy, it was like in the in the mid seventies because they played as part of this thing that the in Cleveland area the Belkin Brothers put on this World Series of Rock, and it would be all the top rock <laughs> bands at the time, and my cousins would always bring me back a T-shirt because I was like, what? Did, please get me one of the T-shirts. Um, and mm -hmm. like there would be thin, you know, the Thin Lizzy logo and the Aerosmith logo always looked the coolest to me. I, you know, I was just like, wow, these, this, mm -hmm. that, it'd be like Hart, Nugent, and I forget, mm -hmm. you know, but they would have it in where the, the, the Cleveland Indians and Browns play, uh, Cleveland Municipal Stadium. So, which they would, funny enough, they would, they, st they stopped having it there after three years because they just would, did so much damage to the field, which, I mean, if you knew the Browns and the Indians, it doesn't really matter, but it, you know they. Uh, <laughs> it didn't, at least oh, I the, still re I still remember uh, the cardiac kid bringing him back, Brian Sykes. Yeah, Come yeah. On, man. I know, I know. Come I know. on, uh, man. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, they're, they're they're doing well, like ten and three or something right now. So, and I do. You got. Yeah, I'm, we're neck and neck with the Raiders. My, with my with my Raiders, you know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know it's. That's where I found out, and then I was coming out at the same time as Johnny Fox, so I listened to that album in Jailbreak, mm -hmm. so I got an early thing in it, but for me it's always been initially, at least when I was younger, uh, more getting into the, 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 the vibe of the song and the fierceness of the song, and they had a fierceness that came really through. With the first three albums, there's that's I don't think it's 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 kind of laying a little dormant, or at least there's a latency to it, you know, that it doesn't come through. I think you know, funny enough, um, I'm kind of going all over the place because you know we I'm getting, that's okay. getting kind of excitable about this, but I think the writing <laughs> on the wall for Eric Bell was really on this song, and it's funny because it's a song that he wrote called "The Rocker." Oh yeah, which he wrote that song, but his guitar play makes no sense in that for that song compared to like Robertson and Gorham when you hear it on the live thing, because they bring some heat to that song that Eric Bell didn't have. He was more of a, you know, here he was the guy playing next to the troubadour. You know, playing next to Phil Hynek. like more folk, more more of a folky psych. Yeah, thing. It's, yeah, it, yeah. It, I get it. It's not like, uh, you know, I, I use this example all the time. It was your head goes side to side instead of up and down. You know. Yeah. So the first three albums are more side to side. You know, there's not something that make the rocker is the first song. You're just like, oh, cool. But like the first time I heard the rocker, it was on the live, live and dangerous album. And that was Gorham and Robertson, like going, get, you know, putting on the muscle tees and letting loose. When the first time, I, first time I heard it from, you know, off Vagabonds, I was just like, oh, this seems like, you know, they're laying down on the couch, you know, just <laughs> they're not taking it, they're not, you're not putting anything behind it. So, you know, the, and I think that's what my guess is that, you know, Phil and Brian wanted to get something that was a little meatier. I don't know where the idea for the guitar minis came up, but I feel like that was something that, that they wanted a two guitar attack. And I think, you know, they even had Eric, I mean, Gary Moore play after, and he played for only for a short time after Eric Bell left. And Eric Bell left, let's make this clear, he left, he wasn't pushed out of the band. He, they, you know, Phil Lynott had a motor on him, not just live, but on pushing this band and 
how much they recorded and how much they toured and how much they were how much they were playing music um, and he and I'm sure there was some drugs aspect to this as well but you know Eric Bell was just like yeah this is enough you know because they're touring they're putting out you know they put an album out 71 72 73 and then nightlife was 74 fighting 75 76 so like every year if, if up until let me i'm looking at it right now up until the street get it after renegade and renegade was 81 and then they did thunder and lightning in 83 but from 71 to 81 they basically put out an album every year and 76, they put two albums out, and I'm not even counting mm -hmm. Live and Dangerously. These are all studio albums. So mm -hmm. Eric Bell got a little bit, you know, a little wiped out from all of the, um, you know, um, just all the work. He wasn't trying. He he didn't want to go on. He didn't want to go for the ride, man. You know, that, that's fine. I mean, that you could tell in his playing that's not who he was you know yeah. i i mean personally when i heard the rocker his version of it um the original uh, what i hear is a sort of blueprint for punk rock that's what i'm hearing i'm hearing that kind of oh, like okay. aggressive yeah. that aggressive sort of like um i don't know what like what's the word i'm looking for um that drive yeah it, it's, it's like there a, you're a, right you're right it could have been it's done better by it's done it's done in a more in a more aggressive way by um gorham and robertson but you can it, the blueprint for that is there in that song and and like i said vagabonds the rocker it's like that's that that's the signal that they were going into phase two yeah, and it says uh, he left the band on a gig uh, on New Year's Eve in uh, at the Queen's University in, in Belfast. Due to, it says due to ill health and dissolution with the music industry, and that's when Gary Moore stepped in to finish the tour, who stayed mm -hmm. on until like uh, April, it says April 74. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the funny, we'll get into this next part too, but like Gary Moore is, pops up all the time with this band. They, he and... He and Phil had a really close relationship, and I think he had a really close yeah. relationship with Eric Bell. I think temperament, temperament-wise, and I think in a, in a power trio, there was a good, there was a good tension, music tension, style-wise between uh, Phil, Brian, and Eric, and it makes for their, it makes for a, the first three albums some really great listening. But it, you have to allow your definition of Phil and Lizzie to be redefined when you listen to it. You can't come in there expecting anything. You need to be like, this is this is something that kind of is an, another side of Thin Lizzie that set kind of a foundation, even though like not the foundation, but set part of the foundation that would soon take hold once uh, Robertson and Gorm got in the band. Yeah, I mean, that, like I said, it's a story, right? And this is part one this is chapter one and there's chapter two and chapter three and it's like it's 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 part of the appeal it's why we love this band it's like the more the more you know the more you did uh, dig into it the more you realize it was a complicated um story uh where phil was the the driving force and then all the everybody else was kind of like had kind of hitched hitched on to his ride right um i will tell you this another thing that appeals to me immensely about this band 
um, the Irishness and 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 how it relates to me in a way. I'm, I, you know, it's it's like a Celtic thing, right? Right. Um, and I'm from. I'm, I've talked to you about this personally. I'm from Galicia, uh, from the southernmost, from Spain, mm-hmm. the nor- uh, northwest, uh, north, uh, northwest corner of Spain, which is considered the southernmost, one of the southernmost tribe, the southernmost tribe of the original Celts, mm-hmm. and 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 anything that has anything that's even remotely related to celtic culture celtic music celtic history it resonates with me and when i hear a song like remembering part one on mm. self-titled mm. it it gives you this feeling or at least for me right it gives me this feeling of what they call in in because galicia has its own language it's similar to portuguese but has gaelic stuff in it too okay. galicia itself the word means of gales so we're we're celts there and remembering gives me this feeling of in, in galician language it's called morinha which me which means like like rem, remembering missing you know missing missing your where you're from you right. know and he does such a great job of 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 giving us that and right. and and I, yeah, it's easy to just hit the rockers and the ch- you know the the tw- the twin leads and and all the muscular aspects of their music, but that that sensitivity there and that calling that you you know the uh, missing Ireland missing that it's it's there, man. And it's like I, and and I think as I got get older and maybe i don't know about wiser but definitely softer it like that kind of <laughs> stuff really it resonates with me you know it's right. another it's another wrinkle to their sound that 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 i just i, I you know it, it you know it it, it it crystallizes it for me so right. that where that where it like it, sometimes people are like oh what thin lizzie uh, what are you a you know you're a rocker is that you know blah, blah, blah. i'm like shut the fuck up man you you don't you, you don't you're just looking at it at the surface. There's so much going on underneath it. You don't even and if you don't want to pay attention to it, then get the fuck away from me. It's almost like where you to, hanging to out? Where you where you hanging out? Well, no 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 no. I'm not, it's, not that I'm, it's not that I'm hanging out with people like that constantly. I live in a small town with eleven thousand people. Who actually probably a lot of the people that live the all these like uh, lumberjacks and and mill workers probably love Thin Lizzy. But yeah. um, the thing is, it's it's just. It, it's such a like it's a it's a band that I um, it's like a sports team. I have undying support and dedication right. to them. Then Lizzie is that band. That's why we're covering this. Right. Our, 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 you know, a lot of times when we we're trying to think of what to what to do on auto reverse, one of the things we always try to um, um, say, oh well, we can't cover bands that are too revered, right? Like we're not going to do Bob Dylan, we're not going right. to do the Rolling Stones, most likely. And, but, <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying is, like, they're revered by me and you, but are they revered by others? I don't, I don't think, I don't think, right? Not, not in any kind of plurality. No, no, right. no. So you know about the Irish part because I want to kind of end on this thought or question whiskey in the jar they Uh, they did not 
the band did not want the Decca to release the album because they're like, look, that song doesn't re represent our sound or image yeah. and everything, and it was just kind of done as kind of like something a throwaway in the in the, in the studio. And mm -hmm. and you know what the funny thing, I when I read that, I was just like, you're right, that does not sound like they yeah. they took something and made it really cool, but mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't sound like them. Um, no, and it was a, and it was a hit. It was a huge hit. It, it was, was like a, number was six in the in the yeah. number six in the UK. It was a huge hit, and the band and uh, just in the, some of the interviews I've been reading lately because they released this box set, um, like interviews with Gorham and mm -hmm. and and the drummer, they're uh, um, talking about how much they hated to do it. Like then, no one liked doing that song. None of the guys in the band liked doing that song, and you know, and also the. But I like the song, and I know it's not rep, one hundred percent representational of the band. I like that song. It, it, it it's a cool it song. Kind of, it's a cool song, and it also does that thing uh, that that you know um, Phil does on a lot of his songs. It's that reference to Van Morrison. His, Sha -la -la. You know, like, yeah. And I'm and like, dude, that works for me. Another yeah. guy who I love. Yeah. And another Irish and another fellow Irishman. Um, right. And, and I'm just like, and I'm just kind of like. Well, that's who Eric Bell played the, with. He played with them. He played with Van Morrison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And them are incredible. Yeah. I've been, uh -oh. I've been listening uh -oh. to them a lot lately. Like, really, because I've been on a fucking complete, like, British invasion trip recently like i can't stop listening to british invasion stuff and I, I always even though they were not from england um they were irish i st i still put them in that same right you know just like you know with eric burden and all and, and it's just like i it's just it's just great yep it is. that's that's us this is what we talk about we try to talk about great things yep okay people talking about great things <laughs> Our listeners, <laughs> our listeners, you are great, and feel free to tell us, uh, you know, what any thoughts on this or any suggestions on any bands that you want to hear. Just shoot us an email at autoreversepod at gmail .com or hit us up on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, man, we're we'd love to get feedback from you guys, especially on stuff like this where we're going to be doing three parts, come hell or high water. But you know, these are the things that. I mean, we talked about this for like three weeks because we wanted to get the playlist right. We wanted to get how we were because we were originally just going to do one uh, podcast about this, but it just it would be it, we would have been fluttering around for twenty five minutes just talking over each other because there's just so much to talk about within Lizzie. So we hope you enjoy this and uh, yeah, we'll see y'all for part two. All right, peace.